The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Well, we've been meeting for many hours. I'm James Robinson. I welcome you life today. When I say we, I'm talking about church leaders, 70 major church leaders. And I think you're going to be tremendously blessed if you've said, okay, give us wisdom that comes from above. Give us direction. Give us guidance so that we can walk in the light in the darkest of times and pierce the darkness and live as ambassadors for Christ and be effective in our witness. I believe you're going to be inspired. Coming together to share hope for our nation next. I promise you, these great church leaders, with all their diversity, came together in supernatural unity. The kind of unity, Betty, that you and I have been praying for, Jesus prayed for, for, for his people, for the church. It's the kind of unity it's going to take to, to actually heal our nation in such desperate Yes, need. and I'm excited because I, I was there, James, and I got to hear and be inspired by all these leaders of God. And it's just so such a blessing. And I'm so anxious to share it with you. So get ready. You're going to be blessed. Well, I know some of the people that uh, really, really moved us. I'm telling you, we actually, we actually heard from, uh, I think, one of the most gifted women I've ever known. And that's... Uh, Michelle Bachman, she actually ran for president. And then also one of our team members, uh, uh, Sheila Walsh. Mm -hmm. And uh, what, th what these women said, I'm telling you what, you talk about power. I think you're going to be blessed as you listen. Well, James, thank you. And thank you, Ravi, both for putting a platform of wisdom first and teaching us about truth. Because Isaiah teaches us that truth is poured out in the streets. And I think that that's how some of us feel right now, that truth has been poured out in the streets. But what we've been hearing during this time is truth being lifted up. And it's been such a blessing to do that because that's the standard that we repair to. I became a believer in Jesus Christ when I was 16. And then when I was in college, Richard, I'd heard uh, Francis Schaeffer's film series. And it was, well, I joked and said I got saved when I was 16, but my mind got saved when I was in college. And I understood then that the Bible has something to say about every area of my life. And it changed me forever. And it changed me when God called me. I'd been a tax attorney and we'd started a business and we had five kids and then 23 foster kids. And we kind of had a full life. And so politics wasn't really what I was thinking of, but God called me to it. And so my uh, biblical Christian worldview went with me when I went to Washington, D.C. And I knew as a tax lawyer, when I was at William & Mary and I was pursuing a postdoctorate degree in federal tax law, I had a baby born that year in 1987. And I studied the whole issue of America's birth rate and the tax rate and the entitlement programs that America had built up. And in 1987, I was frightened at what my now 29-year-old son would be facing from the government extracting from his labors to be able to pay to continue this system that government was building up, which was much more socialistic than what we were used to when I was younger in a constitutional republic. In other words, it was a math problem. That's what we're looking at. And I think that it would be an error 
for us to indulge the supposition that we have time, that if we don't get it right in this election, that we can wait four more years or eight more years or 12 more years, and then maybe then we'll get it right. Because what I saw as a tax lawyer and what I saw as a member of Congress is that this government it has forgotten some essentials that we can't be profligate with other people's money. You see today, I, I, I don't want to be a bearer of bad news, but we're broke. We are bankrupt in this country. When I took office in January of 2007, this country was 8.7 trillion in debt. Today, that is approaching 20 trillion. It was in less than 20, it took us over 230 years to accumulate 8.7 trillion in debt. It took us less than eight to double that debt. That is a math problem that doesn't work. And it is a legacy that we leave, not just to our children, but to ourselves. We could be looking at an economic collapse in our lifetime if we don't wake up and realize we can't just talk about theory. We've got to deal with a real math problem that isn't going to work out for us very long. And what history tells us is that the largest voting bloc in the United States are the believers. The faith community is the largest voting bloc. And what is amazing to think is that the choice is in our hands. We get to make the decision about whether or not we will have leadership. We're unlike other nations in that we get to choose who our leaders will be. And will those leaders reflect the values, the biblical moral values that we know are truth? Or will we choose to allow truth to be poured out in the street? Because there is a certainty that will follow. Either one of these choices, a certainty will follow. And that's why I think that's what we need to remember. It is urgent. We won't have necessarily this option four years from now, eight years from now, 12 years from now. But we have an opportunity right now. And I know that I'm dedicated every single day until the day of the election to speak truth anywhere that I can speak truth and also to share from one who was on the front line in Washington, D.C., the urgency of what's at stake. So we've got to get our act together fast and in a way that's going to glorify a holy God. And that's what we need to remember. Jeremiah taught of the temple that the law of the temple is absolute holiness. Absolute holiness. That's what as believers is Jesus, in Jesus Christ that we have to remember. It is a holy God that we obey. And when we obey him, we receive his blessing in our land. And let's embrace that now. Do you appreciate the service that she's offered our country and the witness? <clears throat> Sheila, you've, you're just such a blessing, such a treasure. And it's a joy to have you as a part of our team and our family here. But what do you feel like you hope and pray that not only these leaders, but everybody that cares about what matters needs to hear? You know, one of the things I've always loved about you, James, and one of the reasons I was so grateful to have this opportunity to come and stand beside you and Betty is because you have 
such a sense of the Father's heart for our nation. Um, you can probably tell by my accent. I live in Texas, but I didn't start here. <laughs> I was born on the west coast of Scotland, and when I was five years old, my father tried to kill me, and then he took his own life. So I grew up desperately afraid that I could lose the love of God, just as I'd lost my dad's love. And I think for me, one of the greatest lessons I have learned is that your history does not dictate your destiny. Amen. That you can start in the lowest place, the most broken place, the most abandoned place. But when your life comes face to face with the radical, passionate love of God, it changes everything. And as I've been sitting in this austere gathering of godly men and Michelle, what a gift you are. What a gift you are. And, and Ravi, I mean, Ravi has so impacted the life of my 20-year-old son. And, but I had this picture of four years ago, I was preaching in Brazil. And there's such a hunger for God there. I was in Rio and then Sao Paulo. And then I went up into the Amazon to uh, Manaus. And this young pastor took me out in a boat and showed me this really unusual river. You may have seen it on television, but two rivers meet, but they do not mix. One of the rivers is, it just looks like a regular sea, it's clear. And the other river is dark and they come together, but they do not mix. And as I was sitting here listening to this wisdom, I had this picture that God is about to do a new thing in the body of Christ, that suddenly he's going to begin to stir these waters and the waters that have not mixed, that those of us who stood for perhaps for one issue and others who've stood, perhaps as our brother has talked here about the issues of justice that matter. I spent half my life in the Old Testament. You cannot tell me justice does not matter to God. But I think that God is stirring the waters in his body and the rivers are going to come together. And our nation is going to see what it looks like when black and white and Hispanic brothers all and sisters stand together and say, we are all slaves of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. James, thank you for inviting me and thank you for, for being who you are and what you are in all of this. I heard a statement this morning that it pretty well expresses how I feel at this moment right now. I feel like a lion in a den full of Daniels. And the lions are not winning anymore. The room's full of Daniels. And you're the chief Daniel among us. And God anointed you. And you've been true to the heavenly vision. We're not looking for God to raise up somebody. He already has. And he's got other people like you all over this nation. I cannot believe. I refuse to believe. That God would give birth to this nation to see the devil destroy it. I refuse to believe that, and I will not believe that. I will stand against that. I will pray against that, and I will work against that with every fiber of my being as long as I'm on this planet. I believe with all my heart there's no way you could beat me within an inch of my life and I wouldn't change it. I believe we're seeing the rebirth of this nation. 
I believe it with every fiber of my being. I pray to God and, and, and I, I hold to my faith and lean not to my own understanding that this is going to be a quick recovery and, and that we're right on the doorstep of the greatest rebirth this place has ever known. But if it's one night or if it's for the rest of my life, I'll not change. I will refuse to believe anything else. And I teach my children and my grandchildren and my great grandchildren. They will not dare say anything else in my presence. Praise <laughs> God. Amen. I intend to, with every breath and every fiber of my being, that this is the most glorious nation that has ever drawn breath on the face of this earth. Glory to God. And as we stand with God, for God, through God, in God, with God, not only in God we trust, but in, in God we have given everything. I will not believe that we'll bow our knee at the most important place in, in, in history's history. This is it. This is it. And we're in it. Glory to God. This, it's one thing. James, I, I was thinking about when I, I walked in here tonight and, and I, I see all this firepower. Glory to God. Hey, it, it's one thing to win the first game of the season. But this is Super Bowl, brother. And we're going to take it, and we're going to take it hard, and we're going to take it strong with overwhelming faith and spiritual force. I believe it with every fiber of my existence. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Bishop Harry knows what I'm saying when I say, you know, we catch a lot of flack for being patriots and people don't understand why I love my country so much. And I didn't really love America until I got saved. Once I got saved, I understood that America is a gift from almighty God. And I don't think I'm overstating it to say that I think that this country is the greatest gift God has ever given to any people other than the Lord Jesus Christ and the word of God, which he's given to all mankind and all who will embrace him. But this is the only place on earth where you can fulfill those God-given gifts and potential and become everything that God called you to be. And I'm reminded uh, because I'm going to be with um, My Faith Votes on Saturday. Saturday is the 229th anniversary of the Constitution of the United States. And on June 28th of the year of its ratification by those delegates at that convention, Ben Franklin stood up at that convention and said, the longer I live, the more convinced I become of this truth that God governs in the affairs of men. He said, and if a sparrow cannot fall from the sky without his notice, is it possible that an empire can rise without his aid? He said, we are assured in the sacred scriptures that unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. He said, I believe this. He said, and I believe that without his concurring aid, we shall be no more successful in this building than they were in building the Tower of Babel. Now, I just want to echo what Brother Copeland has said. 
if that's how the nation was birthed, I just don't believe that the God who birthed it is now going to allow it to be destroyed as long as his people are willing to do what Ben Franklin did, which was stand up and say, we don't seem to be getting anywhere. Let's pray. And when he walked out of that constitutional convention, Mrs. Powell met him and said, well, doctor, what have you given us, a monarchy or a Republican? We all know the answer. He said, a republic, if you can keep it. I want to just join with you, Brother Copeland. I've said this in many speeches I've given. I said there are 315 million Americans in this country. If I have to be the last one standing for that constitution, the last one standing for that flag, the last one standing for the values that made this nation great, I'm going down fighting. So I believe that we're going to win this thing. And I have only one request. Please bring us together again because they're going to keep fighting. Let's keep fighting to bring this nation back to God. Well, you know, we've had a lot of people say, I wish you'd put all the content on some kind of a presentation where we could hear the concerns that were discussed. You know, we're, we're looking at that because here, here's what I want you to know that the concerns and the wisdom that was shared does not only apply prior to an election, but so much more so even after election. Many of our leaders find themselves circled by the influence of the Washington establishment, and they're literally cut off from the wisdom that they so desperately need. That's been typical throughout history. So, you know, we actually, we just wish the whole world could hear everything that was shared. I hope you've appreciated it, because I sure appreciate these leaders. And I know all of you tell us how much you love sharing God's love. In other words, the joy you get. There's the thing we hear more from people who watch our program. They, they all tell me they like you. They think they're beautiful. <laughs> they wish you'd talk more. Would you tell them I don't silence you? You're always. No, you don't, you have, I have the freedom to talk I, all that I want to talk. And I am <laughs> pleading with her to talk more. But, but here's the thing. The thing you tell us is, James, you give us an opportunity to make all the difference in somebody's life with an expression of love. And you let us support people who planted their lives in the midst of pain and suffering to share the love of God. And so together we make that happen. And it's a joy. And right now, Christmas smiles and shoes. Who comes up with these things that we're able to do? The missionaries and people like you. A businessman came to us and said, I can get shoes like this that people pay a lot of money for. I can get them made up for children where they're just in size and we can get them for $3.60 a pair. Why don't we give them to kids for Christmas? It was a businessman that said that, but it took people like you to make it happen. Christmas shoes and smiles right now. I want you to watch and see if that's not what you want to be a part of. I think your heart's going to leap to be a part and you're going to rejoice because you're going to give someone so much joy by sharing the real meaning of Christmas, the greatest gift of love ever. We're going to pour out that love on somebody else. Watch. Oh, that's awful. That is awful. I can't even imagine, you know, you're just walking around with this, this toe. There's all the dirt and the gravel. It looks so infected, I'm afraid it's gonna start creeping up his foot. And the thing about it is if he just had this shoe on, just the simple, the, the, the simple things that we take for granted, if he just had this shoe on his foot, this wouldn't have happened. One of the reasons these shoes are so important, walking barefoot, they can contract a lot of diseases. Uh, so, I mean, I'm looking at their feet right now and the toenails are completely gone. They feel like the bottom of your shoe probably does. 
This year, you helped Life Outreach provide food and water for children all over the world, and they're eternally grateful. This coming Christmas season, we'd like to put an extra smile on their face by giving them a pair of shoes for their very own. And for children who have difficulty smiling because of a cleft palate, doctors are available to perform corrective surgery, giving them a chance for a healthy life. Linda? Malini. Malini. There you go, Malini. This coming season, help us provide children Christmas shoes and smiles. Wow, Betty, I want to see 150,000 kids get shoes for Christmas because somebody like you loves them. I, I can't watch our grandson, Chris, with all those little children. I mean, he's a coach, a football and baseball coach. Now he's, a, I think, the full-time baseball coach at Lincoln Christian, where he went to school and played quarterback and played baseball. Now married, but he said that trip, helping those children, he said, Mimi and Papa changed my life forever. He put that on Facebook. Those became the postings on his Facebook. And there he is with those children. So that's what love does. You think it doesn't please us when our grandchildren love to share the love of God. But see, you make all that possible. There's no way those missionaries could be there. There's no way anyone could go and express the love that's in your heart, that's in God's heart, if you didn't participate. So Betty, I'm praying everyone watching, every single person watching, will give pairs of shoes for Christmas. $36, 10 pairs of shoes. $180, 50 children get a pair of shoes for Christmas. And Betty, we're doing the cleft palate surgery. And that's, a, that's so wonderful. I mean, what a greater opportunity than to give smiles to children that have never been able to smile and shoes on their feet to protect them from all the diseases they can get into their little bodies when they go barefooted and they step on all the, the, the garbage that's around and all the things that they can cut their feet. And they're gonna run, they're gonna run around and they're gonna play. They may not have very much, but they're gonna play because that's in the heart of a child, James. And I, it just brings, I promise you, if you give to, a, to give a smile to a child and put shoes on their feet, it's gonna bring a smile to your face <laughs> and to your heart. No question about it. You know, we've got a great grandson waiting for a second great grandchild. And one of the things everybody looks for, beginning with mom and dad, but certainly the grandparents, is the first time that little child smiles. I want to promise you this. When you see a parent look at a child that obviously is never going to be able to smile if they don't have a miracle gift of love, you're not just blessing that child that can smile. You're blessing that mother that birthed that child and loves that child and that dad. Would you please give some smiles for Christmas? Like Betty said, it put a smile on your face. $500 is the average cost of the surgery. So $1,000 will give two smiles. Is there any way you could do that? Maybe you can do more. I know if you can't, I believe you will. But then keep this in mind. 36, now listen to what I said, $36, 10 pairs of shoes. And if you'd like to receive not just one little shoe, but you'd like to say, let me just hang up a whole lot of shoes. We send this beautiful gift with all six of the shoes that have been made since we started. And you make a gift of $180. Really what that's doing, 50 children get a pair of shoes. We're gonna send you all six for your tree. Wonderful conversation piece inspiring others to share the love of God as we think about the greatest gift 
the gift of Jesus. Would you right now go to lifetoday.org or would you go to the phone and dial that number, take your bank card, always use it like a check. That's how we should always use them. But make the best gift you can. Please, would you do that? Would you do it now? It's so easy to forget. If you want to write a check, make it to life. But tell us, call us, tell us what you're putting in the mail. Please do it now. It really is that important not to put off. And it sure will mean a lot, not only to a child and children, but to their parents. Thanks for doing it. Poverty is a killer. And because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. For most of these children, they've never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections that could lead to crippling consequences, disease, and even death. By responding today, you can help life immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 150,000 children around the world, just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair. And a gift of $180 will help provide 50 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted blue metal shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $180 or more, you may also request this keepsake boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries. And you may request our Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, from the bottom of our heart, we want to say thank you. Thanks for being our friend. Thanks for being what we so often refer to as a friend for life, sharing the life and love of God. And we not only share the love, we tell them where that love comes from. And the source of love is Jesus Christ and a relationship with a loving Father. Are you praying about the election? Remember, if you decided not to vote, you've actually cast a vote for the person you like least. That's actually what's happened. Please, starting at your local level, all the way to the top, pick the wisest leaders. Not just the ones at the top, but don't opt out of any of it. Father, direct your people to pray and act in Jesus' name. Thanks for sharing God's love. Let's pray for and stand for freedom and the preservation of freedom's foundation. Thank you for doing it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being a witness. Thanks for sharing love.
and our country has never needed us more to be the thermostat setting the spiritual temperature. Tomorrow on Life Today. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.